Good evening. I want to say morning, but I've been on the road all day, so uh, it's an evening. My name is Darren Holland. I'm from a small town about 40 miles south of Birmingham called Sylacauga. It's a uh, Indian name, means buzzard's roost. It looks better than that, but uh, uh, we're known for our white marble. We've got marble all over in Washington at some of those uh, monuments and even in the White House, and we've got some of the purest white marble. That's, so we're called the Marble City. Uh, we're also known for the hometown of Gomer Pyle. So it's where Jim Neighbors was born. Um, but uh, some of that dates a few of us, if you know who Gomer Pyle is. It's great to be here, to be able to represent Lads to Leaders, and um, to talk to you about this wonderful program that is called Lads to Leaders. And a lot of people think that Lads to Leaders is a program for kids. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, it's not a youth program. It's a program for the whole church. At our congregation, let me explain to you sort of where I come from. I've worked with our youth for the last 23 years at our local congregation and have been involved and used Lads to Leaders that whole time. Uh, one of our elders is Roy Johnson, who's the executive director of Lads to Leaders. And so we, I have had a unique perspective uh, in that I've worked with it at the local congregation all those years. So there's probably not much in the program that I hadn't been involved in. I've been a youth group leader uh, and basically done the job of, the, of the, the youth minister for all these years. It started when my daughter was in the third grade. She's now 30 and married, and, um, and I'm still involved with our young people. And it's such a blessing to be able to be that and do that. Um, let's look at a couple of things real quick. But what I do want to say about Lads to Leaders is that it is a, a program that is not just for kids, and it's a program that brings churches together. On every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, I not only have the youth that are there at the congregation with me working and doing different things, but oftentimes I'll have five or six adults that will be with us. A lot of times the parents are different, different adults. We get a lot of different people involved in this program. And it's a year-round program. It's not a program that's designed just to go to a convention because the majority of what we do, we do at church, at our local congregation to train our young people, lads to leaders and leaderettes, our boys and our girls, our young people, to be leaders in the Lord's kingdom and in doing the Lord's work. And this year-round training is works. From our small youth group, our, our congregation uh, on a Sunday morning is, is probably smaller than your congregation. We'll have somewhere around 100, 120 people on Sunday morning. Uh, we don't have a big youth group. But through these 23 years, we have a preacher from our youth group. We have several young ladies that are married to preachers. Uh, we have quite a few of the young men and women that have, are still in our local congregation that are involved in the program and now are training the other children to be leaders in the church that were in my program with, like when my daughter was, was a young and now they're, they got kids of their own. So it's a, it's a program for all ages and it's a program that we use year round. Let's see if I can get this to 
Got to turn it on. Okay. I may not be smart enough. Oh, here, here's the on-off button on this side of it. This is Roy Johnson on the right here, the executive director and one of our elders and some board members. Let's watch this video. Did we get a, is the volume to it? Okay, so let's don't watch that video. That's Brother Gail Nelson. He's an elder down at Miami Gardens in Miami, Florida, and he, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting video, but uh, it's okay. We, we, uh, we, can, we can move on without it. Uh, that's not the first time that's happened that we, we can't play the video. So, All right, limitations. How many times do we come up with things while we can't do something? Um, no money. Oh, we just don't have the money. Or... We don't have a youth minister, or we don't have staff, or we, it's easy for us oftentimes to say why we can't do something. It's a little harder to focus on the opportunities, to look at the reasons why we can do something. How can we create leaders for the future of the Lord's work? How can we create servants, song leaders, preachers, how can we create teachers? You know, it's, it's oftentimes we just break it down to the nitty-gritty, the ABCs, okay? So there's three things we're going to look at. The first one is action, A. These are the things that we do to train our young people to have certain skills that they may need to be able to, to do the Lord's work. For instance... Keepers and Providers. Keepers is the program for our young ladies, and Providers is a program for our young men. And the Keepers is based on Proverbs 31 and the portrait of a godly woman. There are 14 specific things that are mentioned, and every one of them are part of our Keepers program. And the, the way that we get more people involved in passing down skills, for instance, some of our uh, ladies that know how to can. That, that seems to be a dying art. And so uh, to teach our young ladies how to can, and our young, we, we, we did, the boys learned it too, okay? We, we don't leave anybody out. A lot of times you can cross over and do various things. Fact is, we had a, a, a project where we went and paint, and that's one of the providers' uh, categories, and the, the ladies went with us, and, and we painted and, and taught them to paint, woodworking. Uh, we've got photos in our scrapbook of where we were out with the young men teaching them how to do auto maintenance, and we were under the car changing the oil. And, and you know, things like this that, that are skills that, that we need to have uh, just in daily life. But that's what Keepers and Providers does. Here's another one, Junior Leader. This is for our, our, our little ones from K up to about the fifth grade. And it 
teaches them to have leadership. It goes through and looks at the Bible leaders, Bible characters, and, and shows their leadership skills and how we can, they can develop those skills and to be leaders. Great for your classroom if you want to use it. Uh, we've done that before where our, uh, our use it in the classroom to, to teach these. Uh, homeschoolers can use it. Uh, or just do the program through your youth with, with that group, age group. Have them meet and work. Okay? Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan teaches us how to be good Samaritans, be, to, be, to display the love of Christ, to go and do things for people. A couple of weeks ago, I took the group over to, the, to a, a, a local facility that, that has, it's kind of an assisted living for, for some of the, uh, our elders, uh, and one of the ladies who's a precious member of our congregation for many, many years, no longer able to get out and come to church, and we went to see her, and I, I don't know, you, one of the greatest blessings that I think I've seen in a long time, and how much it meant to her for us to come and see her. And we sang to her, and not only did we sang to her, the room filled up, and we had all kinds of people in there, and it was just all impromptu. We just went to see her. And, uh, but these are the kind of things that, that Good Samaritan encourages and teaches, and that's just one example. Now, I'm going to use a lot of examples from our congregation because it's what I'm familiar with. I hope you'll indulge me as I do so. Um, sower. How important is it? By the way, here's the book for the junior leaders that we just talked about, okay? How important is it for us to be able to spread the gospel message? We've been commanded to do it. The SOAR is an evangelism training program for everyone. It teaches us how to, to approach someone, how to talk to someone, and to train our young people and anyone in the church to be better at spreading the gospel. <clears throat> you ever walked around a church and seen snowflakes on the bulletin board in July? Happens all the time. Uh, I hope there's not one at our church, but uh, the bulletin board. Now, I can't say that's a skill that I was born with or even have, but some of our young ladies and, and young men even but uh, at our church are outstanding at bulletin boards, and we've got bulletin boards all over the place, and, and they're constantly moving and changing and doing, and this is a year-round program. It's not necessarily designed for, for, for uh, anything other than teach our young people how to do a bulletin board which is an important skill because we use those so much at church. Scrapbooks, the memories that we can look back and look at and, and the time together as these young people. I, uh, we set aside time for our young people to work on a scrapbook. And we had a group scrapbook this year, which uh, did very well this year. We, we had a really nice one. The second ABC is B, and that represents the Bible. These are the things that we do that encourage the knowledge of God's Word. For instance, read the Word. This event is a year-round event that's designed to encourage our young people and anyone to read through the Bible or read the Old Testament or read the New Testament. And so that they're, they're in God's Word listening to God's Word and, and reading and and studying from God's Word. Oral Bible reading. This is an event for 
our young ones from pre-K all the way up to about sixth grade. And it's reading the Bible in a public setting. And it, it teaches them that skill, how to do that. It teaches them and starts them down the road maybe to do a little bit more, maybe to get more involved in speech, which then allows them to be able to get up and talk and, and even preach sometimes. And so um, this is an outstanding event. Know the books. I think most of us probably learned at a young age the books of the Bible. But we want to make sure that our young people can do that as well. And it has different degrees of, of difficulty. They can just say the books, and they can say the books, and they can talk about what the theme of each book is. And it gets a little more complicated every year as they can do, they can do that. Okay? Centurion of Scripture. Centurion. Based on a Roman soldier who was over a hundred soldiers. This program is designed to encourage our young people to memorize 100 Bible verses for the year. A lot of different ways that we can do that. But we encourage our young people to do that. In fact, is this summer, that's kind of one of my uh, uh, objectives is to get a head start on this in encouraging our young people to memorize Scripture. How important is that? When we're losing so many of our young people, incidentally, somewhere in the neighborhood of 56% of our young people 10 years later are not faithful. But those that are involved in lads, the leaders, when you look at them, the studies have been done about 10 years later, we, we keep about 80 to 85% of our, of our young people remain faithful. You think knowing God's word might have something to do with that. Do that. So we encourage them to, to memorize scriptures. Bible Bow. This is an individual event. We study every year in my class for the I, I teach the senior high boys and girls sometimes, but right now we've got them separated. And this this past year we studied the book uh, of Ezra's, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, and 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 so you go through, you study those books, and then they can take a test, and that's the individual's part of it. And if they do well, they score, they get recognized. Or they can have, it can be a group event where you have four people on a team that will, will uh, compete at convention in Bible Bowl. And that's learning that book and to be able to have a thorough knowledge of what that particular book that year has to say. Pearls. Every year there's a new topic for pearls. This was last year's. It was called Building Godly Homes. The Pearls book are 13 lessons written by different, different people in our, uh, in our congregation. Not our congregation, across the uh, different congregations. Uh, and these are lessons on how to build godly homes. Okay? And so we study that. And then, again, there's a test they can take, and if they do well, they get to be a high score at, at convention. So um, they enjoy that, and, and we had a really good, uh, it's a good, that was a good lesson this year. Uh, looking forward to next year's lessons. And uh, uh, whatever the, the theme or whatever book of the Bible that we're studying for that year, typically a lot of it comes out of that book. So it's just a, you know, I, I taught Bible Bowl in my class, but then at the same time, we taught during our youth, we went through the pearls and talked pearls. And so they got two parts of it. They got the pearl study as well as going through the actual books of the Bible and studying those. 
The third C is communication, okay? These are those things that train our young people to be able to communicate. Um, for instance, speech. There's year-round speech. And what they do is they prepare several speeches. They have to give them to a certain, there's a certain criteria that they have to meet to be able to get recognized for year-round speech. And it allows them to be able to, to give those speeches and practice those speeches in front of other people to develop the skill to be able to speak in front of people. I bet if I ask, I'm not going to, but I ask, how many of you like to raise, like to speak in front of people? I bet I wouldn't get a lot of hands up. If I asked how many don't like it, I bet I'd get quite a few. Most people don't enjoy that part of it. It's, it's a skill that we have to practice to get better at. And so the speeches, and of course they also prepare speeches and can go to conventions and prepare speeches at, at the convention day, okay? Debate. Either two girls or two boys debate two others. So two boys debate two boys, two girls debate two girls based on the different age groups. But what a skill to be able to, to do. I got to judge that a few years ago, and I, I was a little intimidated by it. Um, really, I was really impressed with those young people and their, their thorough knowledge and their ability to do that. And so um, how, how great the ability to debate God's word with someone is that skill. Song leading, songs of praise. Song leading is our boys, songs of praise are our girls. Um, it's a year-round event. I've had quite a few of my young men, uh, several that are song leaders now. Um, one, of them one of them handled song leading this morning for me, and the other one will handle it tonight. I, I leave singing most Sunday mornings. And so these are two boys that came through lads and are both fantastic song leaders. They, they, you know, the student becomes the teacher. They're both better than me. They're a lot better than me. And so, you know, I go back next Sunday to the congregation and be, well, he's back, huh? So they're really good. And, and uh, they've had a lot of practice. They've both done the year-round song leading, which means they have to sing in front of an audience a whole bunch of songs for that year. And they get graded on each time they do it. And then we talk about, here's some things you could do better. Here's how you can improve. These are all things. And then, of course, they can do song leading or songs of praise at conventions. Our young ladies also do the songs of praise, okay? Now, we have some ladies that work with them on that. I've, I've never seen the young ladies do their song leading because we don't do that. Uh, the boys and, do the boys and girls are with the girls. And so, uh, but we do have some ladies that are very active with us, my sister being one of them, that uh, works with them on the song leading. For those that are artistic, we have events like painting, drawing and sketching, photography, poster, bulletin board, that they can actually uh, do these events prior to convention and then they take them and then they get judged at convention to see how well they do and, and um, it's, it's, they're really good a lot of times. I'm, I'm always impressed. Mass communications, the world we live in with social media and all the ways that we communicate with people those skills are, are becoming more and more important, such as podcast, um, blog, storyline, PowerPoint. These are all things that the, our young people can, can put together and, and practice doing these things, and then we send those in and they get, uh, they get judged and looked at. Puppets. Um, 
for, for some puppet stuff like at Vacation Bible School to teach Bible principles with puppets. That's a, that's a fun event if you go watch it at convention, but, but um, it's, it's, it's really amazing how good they are at, at the puppets. Over two-thirds of our events are non-competitive. Two-thirds are done at our home congregations to train and teach our young people. And so it's a year-round program with non-competitive events that's designed to teach our young people to be leaders. If, you've ever, if you ever have an opportunity while you're at convention, if, if you, you decide to do Lance Leaders, Try to take a minute, a little bit, and go and do watch the Bartimaeus, young people. This is uh, our special needs students and young people. And they go and they'll lead a song or they, they'll read from the Bible or even give a speech. It's non-competitive. It's just an opportunity for them to, to go and do it and to be encouraged. And in all these 20-something years of going to conventions, every year when our Bartimaeus students come across, our, our, our youth come across the stage, I've never seen there not be a five-minute standing ovation for those young people. And to see the joy that they have, it's, it's a very, it's a great blessing to see those young people as they uh, go and do that. It'll encourage them. So I encourage you to go to that if you ever have an opportunity. There are team events. For instance, Bible Bowl is a team event. Uh, Storyline was, uh, we, we did that for quite a few years where you kind of do a video of some topic, some Bible topic based on the theme and present that. And uh, we spent hours on some of those to, to do those, those group storylines. Um, but there's, there's team events. Debate is a, is a team event. It's two people. But again, the opportunities at home to be able to uh, work with our young people and train them is so, so important. Our young people, our young men, every, every year before we go to convention, they'll, we, we have every opportunity that we can to let them do the service. They'll do it at our church. If we find any other churches that'll let us come do it, we'll go and do it at other churches. To give them the opportunity to, to get in front of people and to be able to lead their songs, to, to preach. It's a, a speeches range from, depending on the age, three to five minutes or four and a half to six minutes. But to be able to get up and, get, and talk five minutes on something they've prepared that's related to God's Word, great skill. And uh, to see their growth year after year as they're involved. To see them when they start here and then when they're here, to see the difference. It's amazing. Sometimes, as I mentioned, going to uh, so our assisted living and nursing homes to, to work with them. And they do receive recognition. That that is recognized is often repeated. You know, human nature, we sort of like recognition. I dare say every one of us have a goal and a, a aim in life to one day be recognized by our Lord and here enter in our good and faithful service into our heavenly reward. And so what's rewarded is repeated. And so, but the, the thing is, and we talk about this all the time, at our church with our young people. 
The competition is not the reason we're doing this. Competition is just gravy. It's just fun. It's a gauge for where you are. And it's amazing. I'll never forget my own daughter. Uh, she was placing all over the place at speech. Second, third, second, third, second, third, second, third, never first. And she decided, you know what, I, I can do better than I'm doing. And I'd never seen her work so hard at something. And she, she got first. Now, let me say this. That wasn't the reason. That wasn't even the, the, the ultimate thing I was proud of. What I was proud of was the work she put in, the study and the practice and so forth. My daughter's an excellent speaker. She could stand, she's in sales, and I, and I mean, she can hold a room because she's been trained to speak. And it's the same way with our young men um, that, that can do that. But the recognition is something that, uh, that is encouraging to our young people, both at home and at convention. So we have recognitions in both ways. There's, there's something called the Red Coat Award, which is sort of like, I, I guess it would be the closest thing I could come to would be Eagle Scout in the Boy Scouts. Something that's not easy to get, takes years of work and effort to get it. You can't, it, it, it's, a, it's based on about four years of work. There's a whole bunch of criteria to get it. And very few people are willing to do that and, and able to do that. But every year we'll have a few that have done the work all those years. And there's extra work. It's not just about just participating in last leader. There's a lot that you have to do to be able to. And it's based on the fact that uh, Brother Zorn, Zach Zorn, always wore a red coat. And so uh, that's kind of, he started last leaders back in 1968 with eight boys. And now over 20,000 people a year will be involved in it. And so um, that red coat is, is, is it's a high honor for our young people to get. So let's go back and think about the ABCs. We're talking about uh, action, Bible, and communication. So what are we, uh, some, again, some of the, the action. Now let, let's say this. There are so many events, and I've only touched on some of them, okay? There's, there's more. There are so many events, it's almost intimidating. So, so what you do to start off with, you just pick, pick several. Don't try to do all of them. Just pick, pick a couple, two or three, okay? For instance, keepers and providers and so on, all right? Or whatever. That's just what happens. Whoever did the slide put those two. But do, do the action, pick those. And then from the Bible category, pick a couple. Centurion Scripture, Bible Bowl, for instance. And from the communication, look at a couple. Speech, song leading. And then get to work on those events. And then every year, try to expand what you're able to do. Try to expand. We have a lot of help. Okay, we have a toolbox for you. Um, these, these are just a few of our uh, books. They're not all of them. Okay? For instance, Speech and Debate. Field Book of Leadership. Courage to Lead, which is an adult program. 
Uh, that's just a few I have. Right there, I've, I've, I mentioned both of those that are showing right there. There's also, there's others. There's a whole curriculum guide, program guide, but there's also training videos that can actually help you learn to do something. Um, if, you, if you're not, you don't have a great skill set in that area, but you know what, I bet somebody does. I bet somebody does. And one of the things to get started, there's a rule book. It's got all these, I've got mine on the phone. Sometimes I get asked a question I don't remember. I, I pull it up and look at it. Uh, what ages, what, what's the rules about the different events and so forth, things you gotta know. And we've got that, that's free to download. Pretty accessible, Facebook, Instagram, there's our website. So here's how you get started. Somebody needs to be the organizer, the, what we call the group leader. That's been me for a long time. But somebody's kind of got to be the, the person that's, that's kind of in charge of, of the organization and, and everything moving along smoothly. And then you're going to need some volunteers. One person doesn't do this. As I mentioned, on a Sunday afternoon, I'll have three to five people that'll be there with me, mothers or, or, or men sometimes, depending on what we're doing. And uh, a lot of times it's the parents that are involved, the kids that are involved, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's other people I've invited to come and help or do. Sometimes we go to them. I've gone down to... Uh, somebody's house and we've done lawnmower maintenance for our providers we've uh, uh, worked worked on woodworking and different things like that um, gone and done uh, things for somebody because they needed something done uh, trying to show these young people the good Samaritan uh, qualities of how to help people and do for people for our brethren and so but here's the thing about volunteers. If you say, hey, would you like to volunteer for Last Leaders? You're going to get a, a, what Dad called a deer in the headlight look. What you need to have is, oh, I'm sorry, let's see, going too fast. What you need to do is, is kind of pick somebody and give them a specific, specific task. Uh, Parker did a really good job song leading, okay? Well, there's somebody that can work with the young men on song league right there. Somebody that uh, may be able to do a lot of different things, but you, you give them a specific task. I just gave Parker a task that he could do that he's already qualified to do. And you just have to ask him to do it. You know, Jesus said ask. You think more people look into that. So ask. Uh, and if they don't know everything they need to know, there's help that we can help them with to provide training for them to, and to help them do that. Um, I dare say any of us, if you called me, hey, Darren, I, how do you do so-and-so? I'd be glad to help from Sulacock. Probably not, you know, as long as it's something, I, and I've done probably almost everything in the, in the program one time or another. Uh, if it's puppets, uh, I'm going to refer you to somebody else. I have done puppets, but uh, <laughs> that's not my wheelhouse. So I'm going to let somebody else do that. But I'll find somebody that can help you, okay? These are just some pictures of, of our young people in, in, at convention. Always a, a good time, a lot of smiling faces. One of our Bartimaeus participants. 
one of my favorite things is getting together on Sunday morning with all those that are there for Sunday worship. To see the young men, some of the young men will lead the worship. They'll lead singing. They'll, they'll do the uh, do speeches and, and give us the lessons. And, and we, we worship together before we all go home on Sunday morning. And that's one of my favorite things that we do every year at convention. Just again, some, some young people and getting some recognition. They get excited. They, they really do. Just the uh, hard work that they put in. There are nine convention sites in the United States this past year. Nine different sites across the U.S. that we had conventions. Atlanta, Nashville, Louisville, Arkansas, Orlando, Fort Worth. Um, I'm not going to remember all of them. North Las Vegas, Colorado. I'm, I'm, I, I can't remember, but I mean, it's, there's nine. But it's not just the United States. We're also global. There's four convention sites in India. There's one in Romania, and there's one in the Philippines. So we've got some of this. These are, are in, in different languages. There's, there's one of our conventions in India. There's the field book of leadership in a different language. Romania and the Philippines. So last the leaders is a perfect combination to be able to, to work as a church, as a congregation, as families, to help and train our young people to be leaders in our Lord's church. And so I'll be after, here afterwards to speak with anybody that would like to talk to me, have any questions about last leaders. But for just a moment, I'd like for you to turn with me to John chapter 13, if you got your Bibles. John chapter 13, I want to read a brief account real quickly of an event that happened with our Lord, John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had girded. Then he said to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed, 
needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you will say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given to you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. For three years, Jesus had lived, he taught, he performed miracles, he had infused his life into these men. And now, it's all ending in this final meal together. Just before the onslaught, the tragic onslaught of denial and death that's to come. In just a few hours, Judas is going to knife him in the back. Peter is going to, he's going to crumble under the pressure. And the rest, they're all going to run away in fear. And even knowing these events, Jesus knelt down in front of Judas and lovingly washed his feet, as he did Peter's and the rest. How could he do that? It's called unconditional love. We're reminded of that in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And of this love, Jesus talks about in verse 15. I'll read it again. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That example is an example of love and humility and of servanthood. It's an example that we all should follow and must follow. And further down in verse 34, if you still have your Bibles open, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and you also love one another. He said, As I have loved you. Consider the ways that we, we feel the depth of Christ's love. And let's, let's think about our own human nature and, and how do we feel love. We feel love when, when uh, we feel how strong or the depth of someone's love by what it costs them sometimes. You know, if somebody does something small for us, we appreciate it. We, we, you know, we feel love, but not to the depth when they do something that really costs them a lot of time, a lot of effort, maybe even a lot of money. We feel their love at a greater depth. What did it cost Christ? He sacrificed himself. Great was that cost. Another way we know the depths of someone's love for us is by the greatness of the benefits we received in being loved. You know, we feel love a lot, a lot of times by what others do for us. Uh, and, and when they do something that's really kind of helps us out a lot or we get a lot of benefit from it, we, we feel a deeper amount of love for that effort. 
But consider the greatness of the benefits of Christ's love. To deliver us from eternal torment and give us an entrance into the joy of our Lord forevermore. A third way that we know the depths of someone's love is for uh, by how little we deserve it. How many of you have ever, look, thinking back, have ever done something maybe to a friend or to even a family member, maybe treated them a little badly? Maybe you were a little selfish or, or maybe you just, maybe even your own mama sometimes. You ever done something that, you know, later on you thought, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But I bet your mama didn't. She did for you just the same. Because she loved you. Didn't matter what you did. And when she did something for you, you might have even felt a little uh, ashamed because how you may have treated her or you've treated someone. But God demonstrates his love for us, towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. And finally, we know the depth of someone's love for us by the freedom which they love us. If someone has to do something for us, it's not, we don't really feel that loved if they're kind of forced to or they do it out of obligation. But when they freely and willingly do things, don't we feel a little more deeply as far as how we love about that, how they love us for that? We appreciate that so much more. And in John 10, verse 18, Jesus said concerning his death, giving his life for us, he said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. Oh, the depth of the love Christ has for us. So I want to ask you a question. To what extent of loving servanthood are you willing to go for the sake of someone that God places in your path? Washing traitors' feet and dying on an instrument of death, uh, execution, for a pack of rebels, well, that was the level of Christ's sacrifice. And what's yours? 